Hi, I'm James Chow, and you're listening to The China Current, a storytelling experience that brings you up close with the people shaping our shared global future. I'm very happy to bring you this special podcast today, recorded over in New York with Emma Young, who I heard about a couple of weeks ago when I knew I was coming to New York. I sent you an email saying I would love to meet you and to hear about this app that you're creating and how it's going to impact lives and communities. But I think most of all, I just really wanted to get to know you, Emma. I know a few things about you. You were born in Hong Kong. Your mother's Vietnamese Chinese. Your father's Indonesian Chinese. And I know that you're really, really special. What words would you use to describe yourself? Um, I think I would use um, persevering and curious. I think. I can think a lot of what I do is because of you know me kind of just tinkering around or kind of researching things and finding articles and saying you know it'd be cool if I could you know try that out as well. How do you know though between the tinkering and the conjuring of great ideas that I'm sure sure you come up with all the time? How do you know what's going to work? Um, I mean, in the case of Timeless, the app that I'm working on now that I've created about maybe probably two and a half years ago now,、um, it was kind of. Starting out as a little project, you know, it was my first time actually developing a, a full-blown app from start to finish, and so kind of creating that, and then realizing,、um, as I kind of shared it on social media, and I realized, you know, there's a lot of people out there who said, you know, I have family members who would really benefit from this, or you know, I have a friend, or I knew someone that, or took care of someone that I wish could use this app, and I realized that there was really, you know, an audience out there. And I kind of reached out to people in the tech industry to help, you know, advise me and support me. And I'm really lucky to have found those group of people who really support this project. And from there, I kind of took it on and realized that this could become a reality. Of course, the app that you're talking about is Timeless, which supports people with Alzheimer's to live the best life possible. And if we take a couple of steps back, that story. Is very personal to you. It has to do with your grandmother who continues to live in Hong Kong. You are a fourteen-year-old high school student in New York, and you are calling her as you usually do and beginning to experience on her side a loss of memory. Yeah. So actually, my grandmother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's when I was around seven or eight years old. And you know, she—I really grew up with her because my parents were working in the day, and so she would pick me up from school, and we would hang out in the afternoon and at dinner. And I realized that at some point, you know, she forgot how to turn on the TV or how to use a phone. So now she tries to dial on the remote, and I realized, you know, that part of her is starting to become lost to Alzheimer's. And I really wanted to create something that, you know, since I'm in New York now and she's in Hong Kong, I want to be able to kind of still communicate with her and share parts of my day with her and stay connected with her. Even while she has Alzheimer's, do you get to see her regularly now?、Um, I do call her regularly. I go home to Hong Kong over you know spring breaks and summer breaks and to see her, and yeah, so I try to really keep in contact with her because you know a large part of having Alzheimer's patients to remember you is you know keep on reminding you of who、uh, who you are and stuff like that. So kind of trying to maintain a continuous connection with her. Unfortunately, Alzheimer's seems to be. Omnipresent in our society, my own father, as I think I mentioned in an email to you, had Alzheimer's, and it became very acute towards the end of his life before he passed away 
six years ago, I think it is now. So part of your story resonates very deeply with me, as it would with millions more families uh, right around the world. So that we keep your grandmother at the centre of your important work, tell us a bit about her as a person. Yeah, I mean, when I was growing up, she would you know, listen to classical music. You know, I played piano when I was younger, and you know, she would play classical music, and we would watch TV together, and you know, look at pictures. And I think that you know, she is you know really a part of me. People say I'm very much like my grandmother sometimes. Like, and little, was this in New York or in this Hong was Kong? In Hong Kong. This I mean, was still in Hong Kong. Yeah, I moved about four years ago to uh, New York, and you know, I think that she is you know a really large part of my life. And being able to you know still stay connected to her is like difficult while we're in New York, but you know I really try to stay connected with her because you know part, growing up she kind of really influenced the person I am today. So then came Timeless, which is a beautiful name. How does it link to what you're trying to achieve through its technology and vision? I think, you know, technology, a lot of the time we're seeing as, you know, dehumanizing things, you know, people talking about automation, AI, you know, taking away jobs. But I think that, you know, if we use AI in a way that can actually help connect people and help to bring people together that otherwise could not, they could not see each other, you know, the way, you know, Facebook and social media has, now we can, you know, reach these, the elderly populations and other underserved populations, really, to kind of bring people together instead of bringing people apart. That's what fascinates me particularly about your story because when I think of social media and the mental health issues that it's helping to create these days, Mm -hmm. very sadly, through uh, abuse of technology and how people are misusing its richness and its benefits as well. You mentioned something which I also wrote down on this card in front of me in preparation for our conversation today, that I feel that in some ways social media and digital media is an isolating experience, yet with Timeless, the app that you're now in the final stages before launch, is all about connecting. Mm-hmm. It's about connecting the patient to his or her life. And it's also about connecting with the caregiver and all the family through the generations and through the different dynamics and and services that each of them brings to the patient, so to speak. Um, Tell us about how the app works in reality. Yeah, so the app works um, with a, a circle that represents the patient's family and their caregiver. And the entire you know, system that Timeless operates around is administered by the caregiver. So they're the one that you know, invites the family and friends, they monitor the patient's use of the app, and they you know, add events to their calendar. And really what happens is that we want to create this almost a mini community around the app. So the patient is able to stay connected with friends and family by sending photos and then actually the you know the key function of the app is that it uses artificial intelligence based facial recognition technology and it helps to label all of the photos that the patient receives with their names. So say if I took a picture of my mom, I would say this is Alyssa, your daughter. And so that way, you know, the patient can stay still stay connected with their friends and family and see what they're up to while still being able to recognize them. And you would choose the headshots for this particular profile of this person. Right. So the caregiver invites all these friends and family and they are able to, you know, put in, you know, create an account. So they put in their photo and that's what the facial recognition uses that profile photo to see who you are and kind of recognize you so that in future photos that you send to the patient, you can still be recognized. 
does it help to improve a person's ability to remember the people around him or her? Because this is not just about surviving and recognizing. It seems to me that the technology that you're introducing and the clever application of it is that it, it may even serve to remind people and reaffirm who that person is. So if I keep on seeing your picture every day and it says Emma, and presumably it would say granddaughter mm -hmm. or my favorite underneath <laughs> it, um, do you think after a while it, it could help the patient uh, begin to inherit um, some of the old memories? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of research out there that's coming out now that shows you know, using a computer or mobile devices to look at these photos and to keep on engaging your memory can actually help Alzheimer's patients, you know, slow down their cognitive decline. And, you know, that's really what I'm hoping is out there. You know, we don't have a definitive cure yet, but we can figure out better ways to care for Alzheimer's patients and to help them slow down the process. That's the other part which is so important because occasionally, I'm sure you know as well, more than anyone, uh, there are new scientific breakthroughs or new possible breakthroughs, but those breakthroughs may not arrive in time for a lot of people currently struggling with Alzheimer's. What ultimately do you want to achieve with this app? If you could put it very simply, what would it be? I think the app would mainly be kind of almost like caring or coping because, you know, even if we're not able to eventually save people's memories um, through a cure, we can still, you know, find ways to revive those memories and to, you know, while coping with the illness, kind of still care for the Alzheimer's patients and connect with them. We're recording this conversation in New York in March 2019. I want to put a timestamp on it because I know you'll be launching imminently I just met your mum outside and she had this really clever way of testing in the final stages. She had three iPhones with her. She used three different Apple silicone covers and on the back of it, she put a post-it and she modeled them on the dynamic of her favorite TV show, which was Frasier. You know, I know what Frasier is. I know that you didn't when you were looking at me. Um, but of course, Frasier had a father, Martin, and Martin had a caregiver, Daphne. So on the back of the phones. Your mum has Fraser, son, Martin, patient, Daphne, caregiver. Mm -hmm. um, how are you going to use this with your own self, with your grandmother? How easy will it be for her and people in her settings to be able to use this app? Um, really, my, my focus is, is to ensure that the app's UI and the UX is as simple as possible and as intuitive as possible. We actually have been collaborating since the beginning with um, a UI UX designer. Her name is Lilia Mandrino. She was originally from Texas, now she's out in California. But um, she's been working to with me to really you know, design the app in a way that um, the elderly can, you know, look at it and know, you know, kind of how to use it through, like, you know, representing things with photos and not necessarily putting a lot of text on things, making sure that everything is really simple, everything is really intuitive and easy to use. So we all saw the tweet from Bill Gates and the mention from Joseph Tsai of Alibaba, and I think Al Gore also mentioned you as well, saying that 14-year-old Emma Young is this... Um, soft and wonderful force to be reckoned with in tech and as a, uh, as a young woman in, uh, in technology and mathematics. How does it feel to be recognized by not only leaders of their industries, but 
global leaders in some respects. Yeah, and you know, when I saw those tweets, it was really surprising because originally this was this little project that I would work on at home on my computer, kind of just playing around with code, something that was my hobby. And now, you know, it was really reaching people that I never knew could, you know, recognize me. And so that, you know, it's really inspiring and really motivates me, really, because I realized that even though I was, you know, like 14 years old, I was at home kind of coding from my computer and kind of tweeting out to the world that I could really reach these big names out into the tech industry. And I think it really goes to show how the power of technology is bringing together leaders and kids who have, you know, different opinions to kind of join uh, under, you know, this similar thing, which is, you know, coding and, you know, helping the people in our community. I have to remind everybody listening to this that we are speaking with a 14-year-old high school student and you're saying, you know, when I was coding a couple of years ago when I started doing that, is it normal these days in 2019, um, at least amongst your peers, for young people of 14 to have the ability to understand coding and how to apply it? I think that, you know, it's something that we're really striving to work towards because, you know, in the future, our workforce is going to be almost entirely based off of technology. And I think, you know, I was actually just um, in Barcelona at the Mobile World Congress with a campaign I'm working on with ARM. Um, It's called Generation ARM 2Z, and they brought together all these kids who are working in tech, you know, with robotics or cybersecurity or apps to kind of talk to tech leaders and to get the message out there that, you know, kids are involved with technology as well and to trying to encourage more kids to kind of use that, learn how to code and kind of get involved in the tech industry because, you know, now technology is becoming so much more accessible and so much easier to kind of pick up on. And I think that, you know, with that, we should be educating as many people as possible, as early as possible about how we can kind of join in with the technology. Uh, technology. Emma, what do you do for fun? Um, you know, on the weekends, I really like watching movies with my dad. I go biking out in Central Park when it, the weather is nice. I also play badminton at school. And, and which movies do you watch? Um, I'm really into like sci-fi, so like Star Wars, Star Trek. We've been watching the new TV show that's out for Star Trek. I think it's really cool. Your dad represents the tech side. I just met your mum, and she comes from a marketing background, what would you like to do later on? And I don't assume it's necessarily in tech or necessarily in innovation. You're 14, there are many, many years still to go and your ideas are continuing to form. What ideas do you have at this stage? Um, I think when I enter the workforce, I really want to eventually become, you know, the top AI expert or, and really be able to, you know, from there use AI and use technology for good to help people in my community and, you know, create solutions for social good. Because I think that, you know, we really need people out there who can humanize technology. And, you know, that's something, you know, I'm really interested also in, you know, something called digital humanities that's coming out. You know, things like, um, you know, voice recognition or using technology to analyze writing and things that we usually would separate from things like math and science. So, you know, eventually I really want to go into those fields. To me, you represent all that is promising and all that was intended with the creation of the web, with the creation of social media even. Um, what do you think of today's digital space? We're struggling with a lot of emerging issues. Yeah, I think that 
technology itself isn't something inherently good or bad. People say, you know, tech is bad for kids or tech is good for kids. I think that it's something, it's more of a medium. People can use the digital space in so many different ways. And I think we need to just educate people on how to find the places where they won't be misinformed and, you know, how to use technology responsibly because it's something that's so powerful and that's something so many people can access now. So we want to make sure that everyone who is in the digital space able is able to, you know, appreciate it and, you know, be able to benefit from it. As a young person, what values do we all need to be very mindful of and what values do we need to practice while we're trying to accelerate the benefits of AI, for example? I think really being conscientious about, you know, how someone's impact in the digital space can be even really small or really huge because someone, you know, as I've learned uh, from my journey with the social media and kind of getting the word out there, something that, you know, starts as something with, you know, people, a small group of people can actually grow. And, you know, for things like Timeless and for people who are trying to, you know, affect good in the world, that's really, really helpful and really, really powerful. But I think that we have to make sure we um, kind of don't allow, you know, negative movements to get out there and to grow to a scale that only digital the digital space would allow it to. Talk to me about life before all this. You were born in Hong Kong, you're Chinese. Yes. What was life like in Hong Kong for you then? Um, you know, I really, really liked uh, when I was living in Hong Kong, you know, I would, I found a lot of friends who were also, you know, Chinese. And, you know, I think that Hong Kong is a space where you have so many diverse opinions and it, it, the diversity is really almost like New York, actually. You know, I'm actually really lucky to have uh, come to New York because you know you can still find Chinese food here and <laughs> still you know I can connect with people here but I think that you know I really grew from my experiences from living in Hong Kong because I was grew up in a you know such an urban environment that I could see all sorts of different people in such different you know spaces really. You are representative of a young modern Chinese today there aren't uh, too many role models in the public space, there's Constance Wu, there's mm-hmm. Aquafina, there's Elaine Chow, um, there's Emma Young as well. <laughs> what are young Chinese people like today? How would you describe them? I think that you know before young Chinese people were something that people, other people, would kind of not really know a lot about. But you know, I think that even in my daily life, you know, looking at school, people know much more about things. You know, Chinese New Year or you know eating Chinese food, I think that a lot of people are becoming much more aware of it. And I think that's a great thing because people, just because of their race or just because they are from a different, someone somewhere else, it shouldn't kind of make their lives different. And I think that being able, even through social media in the digital world, that's really allowed young Chinese people and people from other sorts of minorities to kind of come out and kind of show people that we're not that different from you either. What's the best experience you've had so far being in America these last couple of years? I think, you know, the US and especially places like New York City, because there are so many different people out there, it's been a really great experience building Timeless here because there's so many opportunities and people are so open-minded here. Um, People, you know, don't, a lot of people I found don't just look at a kid and say, oh, you can't do this, or, you know, you're just a kid, you can't, or the tech sector isn't something that you should be going into. I think that people, that I've met who have become part of the Timeless team really uh, are the people who have really supported me and kind of believed in me from the start. And I think that is something that only could happen in the US. You say that New York and Hong Kong 
uh, the American and Chinese experience in that sense has similarities, um, but obviously they're very different as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just mentioned that some parts would only be been possible in America. Um, is there a special experience that you would equate with that that you bring from Hong Kong that maybe maybe you miss today not being in China? Um, I mean, really, I was really young when I was back in Hong Kong, but um, I don't know. I think that in New York, there are just so many different people. It's really blending together now. And so, you know, as you know, a high school student living in New York and having you know, people, friends who are also Asian or friends who um, or come from New York and are really acquainted with you know Asian culture, I think that those two experiences are really starting to blend together as well. You are not just a young person, you're a very young person. And, you know, what I think is always so beautiful, I've worked with global youth over the years, and we used to say even five years ago that these are the leaders of tomorrow. Mm -hmm. This was the next generation. Increasingly, I think we need to understand that they're the generation of now, that AI, that technology, that people who use it, not only responsibly, but also compassionately and sensitively like you, have made this generation the generation of right now, of the current moment. And I just know that so many young people would love to learn from your experience. How can young people affect their ideas at a meaningful level? I think that really leveraging things like the digital space and really getting the word out there. If you have an idea, don't be afraid to express it, don't be afraid to talk about it, and don't be afraid to act on it. I think that you know people can, everyone has great ideas about how to change the world because everyone has a different experience of the world and experience of life. And so everyone can you know contribute something to making the world a better place, including young people. Now that you know we have technology, more and more people are learning about the power of technology. So I think that if you're a young person who wants to affect change, you know, find something that you see in your community that you think can be improved, or you think that you could create something that your community could benefit from, and you know, really act on it and really find those people who really believe in you and will get behind you. How do you get people to take you seriously? to set up and give you a chance as they would give someone else who was older a chance to? I think don't be afraid to kind of hide behind the fact that you're a kid. You know, when I first started this, I was 12 years old. I was cold emailing, you know, CTOs and tech advi- uh, people who I wanted to become my advisors and my mentors and to support me here. And I think being able to come out there and really not just focus on the fact that I was young, but to focus on the fact that I, I was someone who wanted to join the tech industry, someone who had an idea that I really was passionate about at that point and wanted to make a reality, focusing on that and, and then eventually finding the people that really believed in you was you know, the key component of you know, building Timeless. Because in the beginning, you know, inevitably, there were people who said, you know, you're 12 years old, this isn't going to go far. Maybe you should you know, go back to just crowdfunding or seeing you know, other people. I think that those people could um, just weren't at the point that they could see the potential. And, you know, for some ways I can understand that because, you know, if you see a 12-year-old reach out to you, you know, you know, why would I trust you? But I think just being able to express your ideas and to really be passionate about it and be grounded in what you believe in is really important to getting people to, you know, take you seriously. We created this digital space, the China Current, uh, for people, for the individuals who are 
helping not only to shape our future, but you understand that our future is a shared and global one. And I am just so happy and so privileged to be able to have had this time with you here today in New York. Thank you, Emma. Thank you so much for having me.